Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Bobby Sills, Communications Executive at the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, I'll be talking to Alan Desmere and George Sunius. In this episode of the podcast, we're talking about how advisors and insurers can protect their clients from the latest scams. We are joined by Alan Desmere, founder of Contact State, an organisation which aims to prevent fraudulent data practices, and George Sunius, Education Relationship Manager at the CII and PFS. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here is our conversation with Alan and George. Hello, Alan and George. Thank you for joining us on CII Radio today. Good morning, Bobby. Hello, good morning. Great to have you both here speaking with us. So firstly, George, obviously within your role at the CII and PFS, you do a lot of work in highlighting potential scams to young people. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about this work? Yeah, so I work on a pro bono initiative that is called My Personal Finance Skills. And in a nutshell, it delivers free financial education workshops to students across the UK via our members who are called Education Champions. And this is targeted at school-age students. And one of the workshops that we deliver and we early identified was staying safe from scams. It's clear that you know everyone is affected by scams and young people are kind of no exception to that. And uh, as the majority of young people have a mobile phone, the threat of kind of being scammed is very real. So we look at things from smishing, which is uh, SMS, phishing, fake emails, to also staying safe on social media. We provide an overview of how easy it is for young people to fall victims. And I mean, social media is one that really comes to my mind. And this is where, you know, you can have official branding. It looks uh, very genuine. You know, kids can be or young people can be quite naive. And it's sometimes you have scams like where you click on a link and you send your personal information and it triggers kind of a, a share to your friends via WhatsApp or another social media platform. And as you're receiving that from a friend, you're actually inclined to kind of think it's real and you might trust it and kind of, you know, share it on. So maybe free Nando's. <laughs> I doubt that very much. But what we also find is not only students, but also sometimes teachers comment on how they've actually nearly fallen victim to some of these scams. So it's not just young people that we're kind of educating as well. It's some adults in the room, the teachers. Okay, great. Thanks, George. Sounds like a really informative programme for young people. Alan, what types of insurance scams should people look out for and should firms be aware of? I think there's a you know a wide range of, of different scams that people can be aware of. I think perhaps, perhaps the most common, certainly, you know, that, that we see a lot is uh, websites that pretend to be insurers or they pretend to be uh, insurance brokerages. But what they're essentially trying to do is to get a consumer to apply, to give their details, perhaps it might be their phone number and their address, and then sell those details multiple of times to a number of different unsuspecting firms. So I think one of the things that, you know, the work that I do with with clients and a lot of sort of forward-facing work, working with lead generation sites and, and comparison sites is to make clear what link they have to the actual process. So if a consumer is, you know, for example, clicking on a, uh, searching for a brand and see, sees an advert pop up that is pretending to be from that brand to then find out, okay, well, where, where is that, where is that business registered? Where is that business? Does it have a relevant? Does it have a relevant ICO number? Um, is it a directly authorized business? I think just 
really being to interrogate what the form looks like for the relevant trademarks is a good way to to stay stay safe rather than just trust and assume that actually you know this is this is just going to be a legitimate website okay great and um how have types of scams evolved during the covid19 pandemic has the pandemic had an impact on the types of scams that we're seeing yeah i mean it, it really has i think there's been a, there's been a a real drive towards money focused money focused discount scams especially when it comes to insurance so there's been a lot of adverts that we've seen that have been promising completely unsubstantiated savings and there's been a lot of incentivized advertising so lots of free this get that you know get this second month free when actually there's no such product that they're advertising and so i think there's been quite a lot uh, there's been the assumption i think from a lot of you know for want of a better word scammers that actually the the regulations don't apply to them during this period because no one's that bothered about them and so i think particularly part, uh, firms passing themselves off as insurers has been, I mean, you, you know, up until very recently, you could see quite a lot of that on Google and you can still see quite a lot of that on Bing, to be honest. So there's been a, there's been a, a significant increase in short termism, this idea that they can, that, that scammers can simply send a few text messages out and get a load of details in. Uh, so it's just a time to be a lot more aware that, that vulnerable people are being targeted by online advertising. And you spoke about the importance of being vigilant to scams there. How can our listeners keep up to date with potential scams? Well, look, I think there are some great resources. I think the ASA's website, where it it consistently challenges advertising that is misleading or unlawful, that's a really good place to start if if you think that, for example, an advertiser or an advert might be misleading because they have a really good search function on that website. I think sort of moving on from that, then there's... This, you know, if you think if you think an advert is misleading, what you know, what I always encourage people to do is to share it, to share it with peers, to share it with to share it with their own their own social media following, just to see what other people think of it. Because it's not just about it's not just about downright scam adverts. I think the other thing that I'm interested in is adverts that cross the line between being wholly misleading and scam. And so, uh, as I say, you know, a great place to start with this is the the Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA. Their website is asa.org.uk. And they're the body that that regulates and is responsible for the integrity of advertising in the UK. So if you go to their website and have a look and see what rulings they're making, and then if you think actually that an advert is misleading, there's a really quick and easy way to report an advert and have them have a look at it. Okay, great. And um, what should people look out for when checking if something is a scam? George, if I come to you first. Yeah, sure, definitely. So picking up with what um, Alan said, I think, uh, you know, the thing about sharing on social media, uh, one of the things for me as well about being up to date is all about awareness and being alert. I just wanted to get that in there. So in terms of people, what should people look out for? So one of the first things that, you know, I live by is if it sounds too good to be true, you know, it probably is. You know, one of the things that you should never really be doing is disclosing any of your own personal, you know, security details as, you know, verified organizations do not ask for such information and it should kind of ring alarm bells, especially in terms of kind of COVID-19 and the, the current pandemic scams and, and scammers, um, you know, like to play on fear. So, you know, people are very worried and concerned about their job situation or the, their current personal situation. So, you know, when you receive a text or perhaps an email, uh, you, you can always look out for those signs. So it might be a spelling mistake, missing personal information, 
again, as Alan mentioned about external links, you know, not all links are bad, but if you are unsure, uh, don't use the link and go separately to the website just to verify the website itself. Um, and the final point is, is around emails. Now, they are becoming more and more sophisticated. And i recently received an email from a, a well-known online store that, that I shop from. And at first glance, it looked genuine. I thought, oh, okay. But however, on closer inspection, when you actually click on the email address it's being sent from, it might say the brand, but actually the email address might be like, you know, XYZ54 at something. And it's, and it's definitely not a genuine email. Okay, great. So following on, on from those tips that you just shared, George, can you share some tips on how firms and clients can be more vigilant to avoid falling victim to scams in the future? Yeah, so a really simple motto that one of our education champions that went into schools actually shared with me and we've actually put into the program. And um, if you are listening to this, a bit of a shout out for you. It was um, to always remember your ABC. So um, A is always assume it's a scam until you can confirm it's not. B is to always be careful with your personal information. And then C, check before you take any action or respond to anything. That's great. I like that. Alan, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think you know, more broadly, it- to do with for you know members of the CII that perhaps have advertising relationships have just have have lead generation relationships. I think if you're if you're if you're sort of receiving leads from a from a comparison website or or working with someone who's generating new customers, I think the most important thing you can do is to truly understand what the customer journey looks like. You know, if you're just receiving data and you're receiving you're receiving data and you don't know where it's come from. If you are a firm that's buying that data, you're at risk. And so I think one of the things, I mean, really, it's just, it really echoes what, what George has just said. It's taking those extra moments and steps to, to really understand yourself. Where is this customer coming from? Uh, and what does the advert look like? And do I approve of the advert? And I think that's, that's more for firms that are buying adverts and buying leads. But the same, the same sort of precautions exist on both sides. So that, you know, I, I, would, I would urge people to take the time to really understand what's going on, really understand the, the process. And that will mean that you're not tricked or forced into, forced into making bad decisions. Okay, great. Thank you, Alan and George, for speaking with us today on a topic which I'm sure will be of great interest and importance to our listeners. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for your time. For further help with online scams, go to www.citizensadvice.org.uk forward slash consumer. And for more information on how the MyPFS Skills Programme is helping young people, go to mypersonalfinanceskills.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcast or follow us on Twitter at CII Group and PFS Conf. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening to CII Radio.